Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's it up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-Mac attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated beat writer Skylar Callahan. You can follow Skylar on Twitter to get the latest on the Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets uh, news and notes throughout the, the year at Callahan underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505 or Tobacco Radio. The, uh, the season is over. We're two weeks removed from the Super Bowl, but of course, the NFL season never really truly stops. We'll uh, take a pit stop at Panther rumors that are going around right now. Uh, hit some Panther news. The Panthers signed one of their linebackers to an extension. We'll talk about that. And more intriguing of a quarterback prospect, a mix of free agent quarterbacks and guys that are apparently willing to be moved in a trade. We'll take a look at four of those quarterbacks there. And then something new we're starting this week, Skyler's first round pick this week. Skyler's putting out a mock, a full-blown mock draft, seven-round mock draft uh, each week uh, throughout this offseason that you can find at uh, Sports Illustrated online. And Skyler will go through his first round pick of the week every uh, episode during the Believe in Panther podcast. And if my pick has changed, I'll throw one in there for myself also. But I'm curious to see what Skyler uh, believes the Panthers might be thinking in terms of uh, where they go in this draft as we move closer and closer to draft day, draft weekend, I should say, in the NFL. Before we begin, though, a quick word from one of our sponsors at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage that's best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we will start uh, this week is Panther Rumors. And I wanted to ask Skyler what he's been hearing out there, uh, him being the beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for Sports Illustrated. Two things kind of popped up since last time we were on the Believe in Panther podcast. And one uh, is this thing about Robbie Anderson potentially angling to get back to New York for some reason to play for the Jets. What, what are you, uh, what are you hearing about this? Cause it sounds like uh, he's, it sounds like he would savor a trade back to New York. If in the event, the Panthers trade him this off season, which I wasn't even aware they were trying to do. They just extended him last off season. Is there, is there any fire with this smoke regarding Robbie Anderson, maybe trying to get back to New, uh, New York? Um, there might be, uh, this is honestly the, well, not not this show, but uh, th- th- that report that you saw is the same one I saw. That was the first time that I had ever heard about that. I'd, I I don't know that Robbie's trying to get out, if he's looking to get out. I know he was obviously frustrated with how things went this year, and he kind of hinted, hinted some stuff here and there about how guys needed to step up and be leaders, and that he, he didn't really give too much of an opinion on the quarterbacks because – the end of the day, he kept saying, "Like this, you know, I'm not a quarterback or quarterback coach." But he did show some frustration throughout the season with the the below average performance at that position. If he if he requests a trade, <laughs> I don't Ooh. think it's to be going back to New York. <laughs> like, right? I, yeah. Why would you go back there? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be completely wrong. And the guy that reported that he may have actual info, and that might be true, but. At that point, I'd be questioning Robbie, like, dude, why would you want to go to New York where you're going to have no chance to win a Super Bowl there? Like, let's be honest, that team is further away than the Carolina Panthers right now. And if he's visibly or or publicly frustrated with the quarterback in Sam Darnold and Cam Newton or whoever it is, 
what do you think should happen when he goes to New York and he's playing with a second-year guy? Like, he's going to yeah. be going through growing pains. I think he, if he wants to be traded or whatever, he's going to go to a team that's going to be in contention and where he can make a run in the playoffs. I, I just – I don't think the Panthers – are going to trade him. I don't think that there's there's much to it as of right now. Now again, that could change at any moment. But at some point, the Panthers they're going to have to to rework some things, whether it's restructuring contracts or trading guys, cutting guys that you know maybe they don't want to cut, but they have to to kind of facilitate some money elsewhere. I mean, he didn't really produce that much last year, and the only the, his first year with the organization that was like really his first big time year in the league. He might be a guy that they look at reworking his deal, even though they just did it. Or, I mean, I don't think he's going to go for that. But, I mean, there could be something there. I, I, I guess I should say there might be something. there. It, it came from uh, DJ Bean, I mean, the of the New York Daily, Daily News. He's quoted as saying, if Anderson has moved, the Jets are his preferred des- designation, uh, a source said. He feels like he has unfinished business in New York, and he likes Zach Wilson's talent. Uh, he spent his first four years in the NFL with the Jets, and he signed with the Panthers in 2020. Uh, really was the recipient of all those short five, six-yard passes Teddy Bridgewater was throwing in 2020 after uh, after uh, McCaffrey went down. Uh, him and DJ Moore both uh, both went over 1,000 yards that year. Uh, but you're right. He didn't really turn it up this past year. 53 receptions, only 519 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, his yards per catch were well below his career average, which is around 13 yards per carry. Uh, Now, now granted, the offense, the Panther offense was one of the worst in the NFL last year. Um, But still, I would think that if that's the case, you want to go here or there, that you would look at the rosters and think, well, the Panthers have a more fleshed out roster. It's not full. It's not it's not complete, but it looks better than the Jets. That tells me that Maybe Robbie has a problem with maybe the coaching staff or which is weird because he's there because of the relationship he has with Matt rule. He played for him in college. So I don't know. I don't know, but we are seeing, we talked about this last week. We're seeing guys like coaching uh, guys on the staff that left for lateral positions at other places. And that's usually a red flag that, you know, they're looking at it as a sinking ship. We didn't go too far into it last week. But it, does it feel like around the league? Are you catching a sense that although we all know Matt Rule's going to get another year here, does it all does it kind of feel like to you when you're kind of surveying the league and people are talking about the Panthers that the league is viewing this as a lame duck situation? I think most of the league probably views it as that. I, I don't know if if I'm quite there yet because I mean, how many of these guys like Tony Sperano and and Jason Simmons and Fersman Jackson like? Are some of these guys, even though he had worked with with these guys for some of them years, how many of them did he say let's let's go in different directions with? But it didn't come out that way, and he let them go on their own terms, so it, it made it look better for you know what I'm saying. Like he he didn't mm-hmm. fire them, and it make it's kind of like a red flag on their resume. There might be some of that. I don't know how much um, how much of it is is the lame duck thing because. When you look at the staff, I mean, outside of, of Joe Daly, the, the new receivers coach, he he got experienced guys. I mean, he lost Jace, uh, Jason Simmons, but he brings in, you know, Steve Wilkes. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's that might be a move right there where he may have been like, hey, you know, I, I want to get more experience, but I want you to still have a job in the NFL. Let's go ahead and, like, feel free to, to look around. Maybe that was the case with that. I don't know. Um, I haven't got confirmation on any of that stuff, but I think it could be seen either way. But I think most of the league from the outside looking in sees these moves and and just and and just like you said, just thinks of it as well, the Matt Rule's not gonna be here for very long and they want to go somewhere else where there's stability. So that could be the case, but I don't necessarily see it as that one hundred percent. And again, a lot of that is media produced because we still have yet to hear from David Tepper, you know, regarding yeah. The future of Matt Rule, it's just been silence. He's disappeared. So, really, it's been us uh, basically assuming that he's on a hot seat. But there's been no official word that he's on any kind of hot seat. And to be honest, Matt Rule's operating as if he's not on a hot seat. Just looking at what he's doing, it looks like he had carte blanche to just basically flip out his coaching staff and and go from there. So, we'll we'll see. The other other rumor that's out there regarding the Panthers this week kind of came as a bit of a surprise that dropped yesterday. Um 
Judd Zolgad of Score North reported uh, via Anthony Rizzuti of Yahoo.com that the Panthers have called the Vikings about a potential trade for, quarter, for quarterback Kirk Cousins. There are all kinds of red flags here. Um, <laughs> when I first heard this, first of all, Kirk Cousins has a fully guaranteed salary of $35 million for next year. The Panthers have $20 million in cap space. So there would have to be a lot of stuff moved around, players moved around, like a Robbie Anderson, just to get him in here underneath the cap. Uh, it's the last year of his deal. Uh, if you franchise tag him in 2023, get this, it would cost more than $60 million for 2023 Ooh, because Washington already tagged him twice and that he'd be in line for a 44% raise over his 2022 cap number, which is $45 million. Um, Man. Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> thought the Vikings were crazy when, uh, and maybe they were, when they signed him to that fully guaranteed deal uh, a couple years back, he's at the tail end of it now. Um, and it was, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like, it's like three years, 90 million, something crazy like that. But it was fully guaranteed, like the whole thing. It was something along those lines. I can't remember what it was. It was like a like a short but like fully guaranteed contract. There was no non-guaranteed money in it whatsoever. So if he even gets cut, he's still getting $35 million. So he refuses to take a pay cut, which I, I wouldn't either. I mean, why would he? Uh, it, like what? Why? <laughs> why? Why are they kicking the tires on Kirk Cousins? What can you give a specific, maybe angle here as to why the Panthers called the Vikings for Kirk Cousins first out of all these other quarterbacks uh, that are going to be floating out here? Well, I think they're they're trying to take a a big swing at a quarterback because they're growing impatient. Like I think there's there's a good sense that they want to move off of Darnold and they don't want to go into next season having this this quarterback situation being up in the air again. They want to have stability at that position. And when you look at some of the guys that may be available, whether it be Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, which we're going to get into some of these guys. But, like, Kirk Cousins kind of is probably, the I would say, the, the most realistic in a way in terms of getting him here and agreeing to a trade. But, again, like you said – the 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 cap hit is enormous. He's 33 years old. And if Minnesota wants a first round pick in return for Kirk Cousins or multiple first round picks when Scott Fitterer does this deal, he ain't gonna last very long, Carolina. <laughs> because there's other guys that he could do this with, and we're gonna talk about him here in just a bit. That I mean, if all it takes is a couple first round picks and you know, throw a player in there or something. Kirk Cousins is not the quarterback that I'd want to be putting that collateral on. Uh, no, and, and the problem is this team, like everyone says, can they make that jump like the Bengals? Okay, well they're not they're not in position to get a top. Well, I mean, I kind of guess they are to get a, a top quarterback in the draft, but it's a terrible draft class in regards to quarterbacks, and they're not going to be, you know, the the Los Angeles Rams, where they're just a quarterback away. Like Matthew Stafford, if he would have came to Carolina, he, that team wouldn't make the Super Bowl. Like, this team has so many other positions that it needs to address that it's not just a one trade away th from happening to, to put this team legitimately as contenders in the NFC. Like, you bring in a 33-year-old quarterback, it costs, what, you said 30-some million dollars. $35 million, fully guaranteed next year. $35 million guaranteed. And you know that the, the the market for Darnold's not very big. So if you if you trade for or trade him away, you're probably gonna have to eat some of his contract, if not most. Yeah, they owe, they owe him 18.8 million fully guaranteed for 2022. That's the Panthers with Darnold. And, and you would have to give up a first round pick potentially. Like there's just no way. Like at this point, why would you bring in a 33 year old guy with a t with a roster that just isn't constructed to be a contender right now? And you're sacrificing the future because, again, this team is so young. You're starting to build some foundational pieces with young guys like Burns and Chin and, and so on and so forth. But you can't mortgage the entire future because you, you need to build the future or else you're not going to have one. You bring in Kirk Cousins, he may be here one, two years and retire, and now you're back to square one again. I think the, the best option is to go with one of these other guys that we'll talk about or potentially in the draft. It's just it makes no sense to spend a first-round pick, really anything, on Kirk Cousins. Now, that's not a knock on Kirk Cousins because if you look at his stats, statistically, he's a very good starting quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's I would say, above average at least. Oh, he's, not, yeah. he's not elite, but uh, 
he averages under 10 interceptions a year. He takes really good care of the football. Mm -hmm. He completes passes at 67%. The big knock on him is he can't win big games, and he's kind of been like an average quarterback in terms of win-loss. So that's not a guy I want to throw that much, like like you said, that much collateral at. For a while, I don't know if it's changed or not, but if I remember correctly, I think it was a year or two ago, it might have been right when he signed his extension. There was a thing going around where if you look at his record, like his record against teams that are above 500 when he when he plays them is like horrific. But like he's great against the teams he's supposed to beat. But the teams that are actually good, it's it's like his record's like really low, like less than 500. It might have changed now in the past couple of years. Uh, the Vikings get into the playoffs. But I full, I completely uh, agree. That's a lot of fully guaranteed money for a 33-year-old quarterback that hasn't been passed the divisional round of the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they've ever – I don't think yeah, they've been to the – the NFC championship game with uh, with cousins at quarterback. So uh, I don't know. This is just, I don't know. It's weird that this got out that the Panthers called about him knowing his contract situation. The one guy in the league that has a fully guaranteed deal next year, pretty much for that amount of money. Yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't make much sense. I mean, I, I get it again. They're, they're trying to fix the, the, the quarterback situation before next year, but it's just not the way to go about it. There is a certain stat out there. I can't remember it for the life of me off the top of my head, but there's a certain stat out there that would blow your mind in, in regards to Kirk Cousins, and he's like the best in the league or second best in the league in terms of this stat over like the last whatever, I guess, time he's, since he's been in Minnesota. I don't know if it's quarterback rating or – it's something that you wouldn't think, and Kirk Cousins is like at the top of it. And huh. it's like better than Tom Brady, better than Patrick Mahomes. I can't remember. I'm going to have to figure it out for next week's show, but – I mean, oh, because I'm sure we'll still be, we'll still be talking. Something will have happened, and either we will have had Kirk Cousins here, or, or, <laughs> yeah, he might be over here in electric blue uh, by next week. Who knows? But uh, the other news from the week: uh, the Panthers re-signed linebacker Frankie Lubu, two years, nine million dollar deal. Uh, basically, was just all over the place on special teams this past year. Pretty good diamond in the rough find for the Panthers. Uh, glad they were able to keep him in the fold. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know if they can keep him and Jermaine Carter. So that might be the end for Jermaine Carter as a Panther. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's a free agent. So he may not be re-signed unless he takes some sort of team-friendly deal. Panthers only have a little bit of money to play with. And they've got some stuff coming up next year. DJ Moore's extension will be coming up. Uh, go, go, circling back around to the whole Robbie Anderson thing, I'm kind of starting to feel like maybe they should trade Robbie Anderson. Maybe that, that extension they gave him, yeah, it would free some stuff up. Opens up some room for a Terrence Marshall Jr. to kind of get into the starting lineup. He's that bigger uh, possession receiver that you could have opposite DJ Moore. Um, I, I kind of feel like, especially now in the NFL, you can kind of cycle some of the skill players out on rookie deals and get by with as long as you're doing doing well in the draft. So like wide receiver, running back, uh, tight end. You can kind of get a lot of that there. Now, your number one guy, you probably want to have, like a DJ Moore, you want to have him and you want to keep him. But, like, the running back stuff, uh, wide rec- other wide- the two, the three, the four wide receivers, you can kind of s- cycle those in and out unless you've got a really good number two or a really good number three. I don't know if I would call Robbie Anderson a really good number two. I'm not really sure if I'm calling DJ Moore a really good number one, to be honest. Like, I, they're kind of – DJ Moore kind of, I mean, his stats are there. Like, really, I mean, he's had thousand yard years all three of the seasons he's played. So, I mean, considering who's been throwing it to him over those three years is pretty remarkable. Uh, he doesn't have the the flamboyance of a number one, I guess, or like the ego of a number one. But by all accounts, DJ Moore is pretty much a number one wide receiver in the league. I don't, I can't put Robbie Anderson there. Um, he would be like a middle two to me. Like he's kind of, he might have a day where he gets 110 yards and eight catches or whatever. He might have a day where you don't even know he's out there. So it's like, you know, that, and that's kind of now I'm kind of think, why would you trade Robbie Anderson? Now I'm like, Hmm, he might be a piece we could trade or throw in a trade that would actually be pretty appealing uh, that the that the Panthers have in their locker room. Uh, before we go over into the intriguing quarterback prospects, free agent wise. Uh, and I threw in an extra, uh, God, it's not exactly a free agent, but might as well be. Quick word from another one of our sponsors at NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you the peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure to have the best VPN you can get. 
NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Uh, secure excuse me. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. Plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That is NordVPN. I need to write a note that I need to hop on that deal myself. So if you're looking for a new VPN, <clears throat> check out Nord and the Believe discount. Uh, intriguing quarterback prospects. I have a, a Saturday morning show here uh, on Terrestrial Radio in North Carolina called The Rundown. And we were talking about this past week, uh, we were talking about the Panthers and the NFC South and uh, everything going on. And we started talking about free agent quarterbacks. And I, for some reason, had forgotten about Jameis Winston. Uh, I, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind, rehabbing a, I think it was a torn ACL that he had. Uh, but he was playing really well with the uh, the Saints this past year before he got hurt. Um, who, I'll put this out for you, Skylar, and we can talk about it from here. Who would be a better option for the Panthers to go after in free agency at quarterback? Jameis Winston or Mitch Trubisky? Mm, I think... Because there's good and bad with both. There is. There's there's a little bit more risk, I think, with Jameis just because of just the, the nature in which he plays. But he's also going to do things that Mitch Trubisky can't do. Like, he's I, just I more talented. Yeah. He's just – he's got a rocket of an arm. He's he's big and he can, he can shake off tacklers. Like, I would probably lean more towards Jameis, but I think – I think Mitch Trubisky, everyone kind of looks at him. He's like a, a, a rusted old quarterback and just isn't going to work. I don't know. I mean, in Chicago, I didn't really think he was that bad. I mean, if you look at it, if, it well, if, if I remember correctly, his last year there, when he was on the field, they were a better team. Mm -hmm. He was off the field, and they were starting. I don't know who else they were starting. Was it whether it was Foles or whoever it was. I think it was Foles. They couldn't win. And it was just weird that they that they decide. I understand that, that. I mean, Justin Fields was there. I get it. Uh, but I, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that never starts the NFL again. I think at some point he's going to get that chance. Heck, it might be this off season. But yeah, I, I just don't think the Panthers want to take a chance on a guy trying to resurrect his career. Where Jameis Winston really doesn't have to resurrect it. He just needs to continue it because he was hurt this past season and again with the Saints. He was five and two, I believe, as a starter with the Saints. He was. He played seven games. Uh, was five and two of those games. Uh, completed. Uh, he was right around sixty percent completion rate on his passes. Threw for eleven 1 hundred seventy yards. Fourteen touchdowns to three interceptions. That's to me uh, is the thing there. I mean, Jameis. His nickname is Thirty for Thirty because that was that year where he threw for thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions in the same year with Tampa, and actually had Tampa let him go. How do you think Jameis feels looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and knowing that? You know, this was my team. Like the majority of this team was here when I was here last, and they let me go for Tom Brady, and they immediately go off and win a Super Bowl. That's got to be, I would think, a motivating factor for him. This is a former Heisman Trophy winner. He's only Jameis is twenty eight. He's twenty eight years old. He just turned twenty eight in January. Uh, from Florida State, six four, two thirty one. I mean, I, I, like I said, I never really thought about it at first until a guest panelist mentioned it on the show Saturday. And I was like, wait a minute, Jameis is a free agent. Why wouldn't we kick the tires on Jameis Winston if he's back, you know, healthy from the, the injury and everything else? Uh, he, he's thrown for more yards in his first five NFL seasons than any other player but one. And I'm trying to find out who that is because it's on his uh, pro football reference page, but it's it's posed in the form of a question. <laughs> so I can't I can't figure out who the person is ahead of him uh, on that. It might be Cam Newton. Now I'm sitting there thinking about it in his first five years um, in the league. But <clears throat> Jameis is there um, and probably wouldn't be that expensive, too. Let's add that on there. Um, I think I don't. Go ahead. I, I think a big part of it would be the fact that he's he's going to be cheaper. He's got a little bit more road left ahead of him. So, like, if you're if you're coming down to do you want to trade for Kirk Cousins, give up a couple 
first round picks and you got to take on his contract versus keeping those picks with a younger quarterback and he's much cheaper, like mm-hmm. and a better arm and just I mean he, he would I think Jameis would excite the fan base more too. He's got a little bit of cam in him. He does. He does. That was the thing I was going to kind of lead towards. Yeah. Personality, the way he carries himself. He's, he's, he's confident, but you know, I, I mean, some people may look at cam and say he's borderline cocky or he is cocky, but I mean, same way. It's not necessarily cocky. I don't think. No, I, I think it's, I think you need to have that kind of, uh, self-confidence to play certain positions in the nfl it's crazy you don't hear people say that about joe burrow right and to me the exact same thing the way he dresses himself (laughs) joe burrow is 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 the exact same as as cam newton Mm -hmm. now cam cam got a little crazier with the hat game and stuff like that but uh but for the most part kind of expressing yourself by the way you dress it's the same type of logic that's what joe burrow is doing and joe does it in a way where while Cam might have been more Cam tried to articulate his thoughts verbally more than he maybe he needed to, because sometimes he would get tripped up on things he was saying. Whereas Joe, Joe just it, it emulates this kind of like I've been here before type of like I don't know, I can't really describe it. It's like his aura or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's something where you kind of see him in the room and you're like, okay. That dude just took control of the room. Like that, that yeah. guy has something going on with him. It's that. That's, it. that's the problem with this Panthers team right now. They don't have that guy. And, and, it, yep. and I don't know that Kirk Cousins brings that. I, I, I kind of think he does. I mean, we've seen kind of. He's got a little bit of a not like that, but like a, <laughs> you a like little that. bit of flair to him. But I, that's the biggest thing. Like you look at Sam Darnold. He's the most quiet dude. Like yeah practice you don't hear him his voice and i'm not saying he needs to act all crazy and, and dance around and and yell and hoot and holler like cam does it at practice and every quarterback's different but you need to have a guy in that huddle or in that offensive room to, that takes control they don't have that they haven't had that since cam was originally here and kind of you kind of saw it when they brought cam back that the team kind of immediately gravitated to him to me that told me they were looking for someone like that and couldn't find anyone really on the team because there's nobody like that really on defense either like if you look at like a jeremy chin or a Derek brown those guys are fairly quiet guys uh i guess maybe shack but he's the most vocal but even then he was kind of like in the shadows of thomas davis and luke keekley he's just now really getting to be like okay this is my defense type of guy but there, there's no Josh Norman on the defense. There's no guy that kind of gets them riled Casey up. Horn emerge into that eventually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he I do. Be a little bit of a talker, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. I mean, I think they were a little nervous about it with Josh uh, Norman and and Cam to a certain extent. But <clears throat> we saw the success that the team had when they had those kind of players on it, and I think that's the next step for Matt Rule and Scott Fitter to find those kind of guys where, you know, just dogs like dudes that people will run into walls for that they'll they'll follow them. And if we're applying that to these quarterbacks here, I don't think Mitch Trubisky fits that role. I don't think Kirk Cousins fits that role. We've seen Jameis Winston in that role and winning a national championship and having some success at Tampa before he got to New Orleans. Who knows what what New Orleans would have been if he hadn't got hurt this year. They were tracking to be a contender in the NFC South. They might have gave Tampa a run for their money. So who knows? We'll we'll see. But the other two that I wrote down were – Carson Wentz, because we got to just go ahead and confront this head on because eventually it's going to come back to to hit us here. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what his situation is because technically he's not a free agent. I think he's he got three years still left on his deal. Yeah, he signed a here it is. He signed a four year, hundred twenty eight million dollar contract with the Eagles. Um, When was this? He's got, yeah, he's still got another two more years. Two more. Okay. Uh, they, now, the Colts can get out of it in 2023 with zero cap, dead cap. Because uh, at that point, most of his money has been paid out. Uh, he would be owed $26 million, or excuse me, $28 million this upcoming year, $26 million the following year, and $27 million the year after that. I would run away from this. Like, I... I I've not seen enough from Carson Wentz to make me want to pay that much money 
for Carson Wentz when we're going to be paying Sam Darnold $18 million next year. That's over $40 million tied up in Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. No, thank you. I don't want that. Like, yeah, it's that away. <laughs> it's a heavy price. Um, Carson Wentz is a weird, weird situation because, like, he's been productive in this league. I mean, heck, his second year in the league, he was an MVP semifinalist or finalist, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of – I believe that was the year where – he got hurt and he's really kind of never been the same since, but the, the potential was there. He's been in this league for what, six years now. And the, he he's another guy. He takes care of the football. When you look at his, his interceptions per every season, it's 14, seven, 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 15, seven. So he's had two really bad years of, of throwing picks. I wouldn't even say really bad. I mean, around here, that'd be great. <laughs> I think yeah. number 15. I <laughs> but, I mean, the problem with Carson Wentz is it seems like the interceptions that he does throw just come at the most inopportune times. Like, he just – he makes plays he should – or he makes decisions he shouldn't, and he forces his hand, he puts the ball in danger, and he kind of just – I don't – I wouldn't say goes away, but it's almost like he doesn't – perform up to his his potential in the biggest moments. I mean, the perfect example is the very last game he played. All he has to do is go to Jacksonville and beat the freaking Jaguars to get in the playoffs. They get crushed. Like, I don't know that this is a guy that you want to have in your organization when he just got freaking demolished by the Jaguars. So, I mean – I'm he just at that. I will yeah. say he's, he's a good talent. He really is. There's a lot to like about Carson Wentz. Again, if you're gonna go and trade for a quarterback, you've got to be damn sure that this is the guy that's gonna get it done. There's a lot of questions about Carson. Yeah, there's too many for me. I would I would not go near him. Uh hell, we don't know what the Colts are gonna do with Carson Wentz. They might decide to hold on to him and try to see if they can get this situated. Because they do have him for the next couple of years. Uh, the other was uh, out in Seattle, Russell Wilson. Now, this one's interesting because while he's not a free agent, he kind of hit some marks for me where I'm like, you know what? This would probably be the number one guy that I would try to see what we could do to get him out of there. Uh, a, Scott Fitter has a relationship with the front office in Seattle. That's where he came from. So it might be a little bit easier to negotiate uh, with them. Wilson signed a four year, $140 million extension with the Seahawks in 2019 and included a $65 million signing bonus, uh, 107 million of total guarantees, average annual salary of 35 million. Uh, at the time, it was the highest average paid contract with the most total guarantees in NFL history. Um, but now that I'm looking at it, most of it got paid out uh, the first three years of the deal. Um, they have an out at the end of this year. And at that point they would have paid him $107 million which is all of the, the guaranteed money that was in the contract and only have a $26 million dead cap uh, hit on them if they like let him go or something like that happened. The, the fact of the matter is it seems like the relationship with Seattle and Russell Wilson has kind of fizzled to the point where it would not surprise me if Russell Wilson's no longer a Seattle Seahawk next year. They have really no offense. They have yet to duplicate the Legion of Boom and rebuild the defense that they had that was so great you know, five or six years ago. Uh, and, and looking at his salary – it looks like like next year, 2020, well, this year, 2022, he'd be 34 years old. Uh, he would have should be $24 million for his uh, contract or for his salary for the year. 2023, it goes up to $27 million. Then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So basically, you'd be trading for Russell Wilson <laughs> for the next two years and roughly about $50 million. Is that? worth it for a guy like russell wilson and i'm kind of sitting there like yeah that's actually kind of a bar i mean i mean so basically we're paying 25 million dollars a year for russell wilson for the next two years if we can keep uh mccaffrey upright if you can get him a decent offensive line although he's used to playing behind a, a poor offensive line so this wouldn't really affect him too much but i would imagine we can make the line better than what seattle's been dealing with the past couple of years and a defense finally he would have a defense a young hungry defense mainly on rookie contracts you can kind of make that work. Uh, how, is there is that just smoke or is there fire there in terms of maybe looking at Russell Wilson and kind of going all in? Maybe instead of them being fixated on Deshaun Watson, maybe they should be fixated on Russell Wilson. I think there's probably 
it's probably more smoke than fire. I just I have a hard time believing that a the Panthers would bring him in, and b that he would want to come to Carolina. And I'll say that for two reasons. One, I, I'll start with Russell Wilson first. His biggest gripe with Seattle is that they have failed to address the offensive line throughout the last, really, his entire career. Since entering the league, I believe he is by far the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Yes, like since 2011, he's been hit more times, yeah, than anybody, including Cam, which is crazy. Yeah, Sacks, quarterback hits, QB knockdowns, hurries, he literally top of the league in everything. And you look at Carolina's offensive line, and he's probably like, unless y'all make these adjustments before, he's probably not going to want to come to Carolina. Or he's probably going to have a say in that and say, like, no, I don't want to go there because it's going to be the same exact situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, he might have a better defense, but if that offensive line is just as bad, maybe worse than Seattle's, then I don't think there's any interest from Russell's perspective at all. And for the Carolina Panthers – I don't know if this is how they think because, I mean, obviously if they're calling about Kirk Cousins, but to me, I wouldn't want to go after Russell Wilson. I wouldn't want to go after Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't want to go after Kirk Cousins, and here's why. All these dudes are like 30, 33, and 33. Yep. Your window all of a sudden shrinks because if you're going to go all in on these on one of these quarterbacks, you're going to sacrifice multiple first-round picks more than likely, and – this young team that is just trying to grow up and learning how to win is now forced to be in a position where they have to win in a small, very, very small window. So when that window runs out and that quarterback retires or he's no longer good, then you're right back to where you were again. That's why I think even though the Deshaun Watson situation is crazy and who knows if that's ever going to get resolved, I think they'd be better suited to go after someone like Deshaun Watson because their window would be much longer, probably triple the time that it would be under Cousins or Russell Wilson. Now, you may have a chance to win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, but I'm just saying to get to the Super Bowl alone is going to be tough. But if you only have a two- or three-year window to do it and your team's not ready, it doesn't make sense to do it. I think they need to either try and go after a guy like Deshaun or – maybe go for one of these younger quarterbacks in the draft and hopefully they pan out because I think that that will create a bigger window for them to win. I could be wrong, but I I like that scenario much better. Yeah, and I think what's going to end up happening is that we're going to see if Matt Rule is actually on a hot seat internally by what they do at quarterback because if they go – if they go, if they go rookie, you know, draft a quarterback first round, that tells me he's not on a hot seat and he believes he's going to be here long enough to watch that quarterback develop into a – a starter in the NFL. If they go after someone like Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson or something like that, that tells me he is on a hot seat and has to win right now. And the only way to do that is to, to fix the quarterback spot. And you got to bring in somebody like a Russell Wilson that can come in and hit the ground running. So we'll kind of figure this out without David Tepper saying a word, probably in the next, I don't know, month, two and months I, or so. And see, that's the, the biggest thing that I think. And I, I think I said this either on last week's show or two weeks ago that these two need to have a sit-down because you don't want – the last thing you want to have happen is to have your coach who you've given a lot of control to over this organization to make a move that could damage the future of of this franchise. You don't want to go out and get a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins, give up three first-round picks or whatever it's going to take to get them and take on that large contract just to win right now and try and save his job. If you tell him – like, hey, just do what you think is best. Don't go out and try and make a bold move. Maybe maybe that's what needs to happen. And, and, you know, Panthers fans may not like it, but let's just say they draft Kenny Pickett or they draft Malik Willis. They go 6-11, and 7-10. If they do that with a rookie quarterback, if I'm David Tepper, I'm like, okay, look, I know fans are going to be happy with this, but I'm going to give you a year four. And if you make some progress with that rookie quarterback in year two, then we'll obviously keep you aboard. But if, if things go off the rails, then you're done. I think yeah. if a rookie quarterback, he he will have better sense of, of it. Like, I think I think he hit it right on the, the nail. If, if he drafts a rookie, I don't think he's worried about his job. 
Yeah, and, and now that might irritate Panther fans to hear that because they probably want him on a hot seat right now. But I just want a good team. Like, I, it's not like we're sitting here. Uh, well, you've been a defender of Matt Rule for most of the year, and I've seen you have to go up against the minions on the internet for oh, pretty much the entire season <laughs> in terms of how crazy it would be for the Panthers to let this guy go. It's not that I want Matt Rule gone. I want this to succeed. Like, I, I want Matt Rule to be the next Zach Taylor or the next Sean McVay, that young guy that turns a program around fairly quickly. He came in with that reputation. So I, it's not that I would want him to fail. It's just that I, I'm I'm worried that I, well I was worried that he wasn't learning from his mistakes from year one to year two it felt like he was still doing the same things that he was doing wrong year one and from the the coaching moves he's done in this offseason um I feel like he's starting to understand that he can't do things the same way as he did them in college he can't just depend on those connections to Temple and Baylor to get him through uh in the NFL and to build a, a winning program here that he's got to have some pro experience on the squad and he's done that. He, he pretty much did what he needed to do. And now the, the, the coaching staff looks considerably different than what it did you oh. know, just three or four months ago. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about seasoned guys. I mean, like yeah. Pasqualoni, who's been, well, he's been coaching for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I've been alive. But I mean, again, the, 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 there's, there's a lot of skepticism around Mount Rule. And I, and I have my doubts as well. It's not that I think he's, He's the guy. I'm not. I, I've never really said that. I'm. I'm not sold that he's the guy. I'm not sold that he's not the guy. I, I think I've been pretty firm on that from the very beginning. I just think when you look at what he's done with that defense in two seasons and how well this team has drafted since he's been here, and he's got a lot of say in that. Now I get, I get that he made some questionable signings on free agency with those offensive linemen, but he also signed AJ Boya, who had a terrific year at cornerback that no one really talks about he signed freaking Hassan Reddick like I mean yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's bringing in guys that are, are talented he, he he's everyone's gonna have a few misses and sometimes they're gonna be t- t- awful misses he's had a little bit of both but if you give him year three and he's got a rookie quarterback and they go six and like I said six and eleven seven and ten I mean if they look competitive in their losses I mean you can't really say that he should be kicked to the curb just yet because he did that with a rookie. And I get that the, the, the two previous years are going to be what really kind of upset fans. And it's like, oh, a third losing season. But if he has a rookie a rookie quarterback and does that, I do not think he would get fired. I just do not see it happening. He David Tepper will give him a year four and a year two with that rookie quarterback to see if something will happen. If not, then I think that's when we'll see change. And, you know, the crazy thing here is that we were all praising Rule and Scott Fitter for the the, the, the jobs they've done the past two drafts. Like, it's to me, they've, they've nailed the two drafts that they – well, that Rule has had. The first one was with Marty Herney, where they went all defense for the first time in NFL history. But last year, I thought they did fantastic with the value that they got at the picks that they, they got them in. Now, now, that's different than them actually playing Brady Christensen or Deontay Brown or, or whatever, but I thought for where they got those guys that those were value picks and we might actually see them more often going into this upcoming year than we did uh, this year, their rookie year. Um, before we get out of here, we're going to start ending uh, each episode with Skyler's first-round picks for the week. Uh, he's putting up full-blown mock drafts on uh, All SI online. Uh, you can go to Callahan underscore on Twitter to get to the links for there. Um, before <clears throat> before we do that, though, one more word from one of our sponsors, a new sponsor, Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, super probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly, fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That is B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. Um, new quick segment we'll head out in each week here. Every every week before we do this, I always tell Skylar, yeah, we'll probably be done in about 30 minutes. And we always get it right around 45, 50 minutes every week, no matter what <laughs> we have put down here. And I see we're getting close to that now. Um, Skylar Callahan's first round pick this week. Each week, Skylar is doing a mock draft, a full-blown seven-week mock draft uh, for Sports Illustrated. And I wanted to pick his brain on who he has selected each week for the first round selection, because I'm sure these are probably going to change as the situation changes around the the uh, the team as we get closer and closer to uh, draft day. Who do you have right now as the first round pick this week for the Carolina Panthers? Oh, and I do need to mention that I believe in your mocks, you are not putting trades in there at all. So it's just the hard six round or six pick of the draft. Yeah, yeah. Right now, up and through the first week of April is is typically where I just mock it up as the Panthers picks as where they are. And then after April, I'll I'll throw in a couple of mocks here and there where where I project some trades and stuff. So I don't get too crazy into the trading stuff this early just because I don't know what's going to happen in free agency. I want to see what happens there first, and that'll kind of allow me to understand what could happen in the draft. So for my first mock draft, I, I got Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, going number six to the Panthers. I just think right now, I, I don't know that that they're going to they're going to get a quick fix at quarterback through this class. And I think we've all been very <laughs> on the same page with that. Yeah. I think some of these guys could turn into good quarterbacks long term, but they're going to be developmental guys like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. But I will say, one of my contacts from the Pittsburgh area is he has told me that the Panthers are in love with Kenny Pickett, mm. are in love with him. And I think they will continue to fall in love with him throughout this draft process at the Combine, which is coming up here soon, in the Pro Days and all that other good stuff. So we'll see what happens with that. I know there's a lot to be made about his hand size and everything, but – I trust that person very, very much, and I, I think there's a lot to be said with that. There's there's the connection with Matt Rule, too. Kenny Pickett was actually committed to Matt Rule at Temple coming out of high school before he flipped to Pitt. Mm. So there there's that connection as well. But for, for Charles Cross, I, I like him a lot. 6'5", 3'11", very long, rangy guy, and – the, the biggest kind of concern, it's not really a knock, but the concern with him is he's coming from that air raid style of offense under Mike Leach where they just drop back and throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah. And so, that, that might that's kind of what they were – well, that was what Rule was trying to not do here. Okay. But each week they would go out and do the same thing. So who knows what his uh, actual belief structure was in terms of uh, the offense. That that Kenny, that Kenny Pickett to Carolina thing is starting to gain some steam, some legs, because uh, – a number of people have put that attachment there as well as David Tepper's attachment to the university of Pittsburgh. He's a huge donor. Uh, so he, he, he's watched Kenny Pickett every Saturday, probably for the past four years. Um, I could see, uh, I could see Kenny there. Although uh, honestly, I was leaning more towards uh, Malik Willis uh, if they're going to swing at a quarterback in the first round, but do you have to pick him six? Like Kenny feels like the guy you can trade down and get like in the upper teens or something. I, I actually don't – I think you're going to have to. And the and the only reason I say that is because teams overreach for guys every single year at quarterback. That's true. Mitch Trubisky was the second overall pick of the draft that he was yeah. in. Uh, and that draft, if I'm not mistaken, had Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes in it. So, Like, yeah. like honestly, for those that, that I guess, value my opinion, I don't know how many people do, but <laughs> Kenny Pickett, like I have him as literally a a back into the first round, early second round. That's that's kind of how I see his talent. But from the teams that need quarterbacks, they're going to be reaching early. They're going to have to take the guy in the top ten or top fifteen. Heck, maybe even top. Five, someone trades up into the top five. One one uh, scenario I believe could happen, and the reason I didn't put Malik Willis at number six to to Carolina is because I think there's there could be a chance he goes number two overall to Detroit. Oh, and that could be something where, you know, if the Lions – I know that they, they want to kind of build this thing through the trenches. I mean, you, you know, with Dan Campbell, they want to be tough and physical and bite each other's knees off and whatnot. But, I mean, 
if they fall in love with Malik Willis, I mean, he, this dude's got a rocket for an arm. He's got a lot of potential. And look at the situation he's going to. He's got Jared Goff. He doesn't have to play right away. It, it makes a lot of sense for Detroit if they really think he could be the guy to take him at number two and let him sit. So I think that could be where Malik Willis goes off the board as early as number two. But I, I really wanted to put Kenny Pickett in at number six. I really did because I really trust this source. And the, from what he was telling me, is like, man, it, I would be shocked right now if Kenny Pickett was on the board and the Panthers were on the clock that he wouldn't be the pick. So yeah. I don't know. But right now, he Kenny Pickett's going to end up being on my mock at some point. Right now, I'm going to go Charles Cross because the, the left tackle position has been a glaring hole, not for just the Matt Rule era. It's gone back eight years. They've had eight different starting left tackles in eight years. Yeah, since Jordan Gross. Yeah. Since, uh, so, since Dave Gettleman kind of forced Jordan Gross into retirement, we haven't really had a left tackle uh, yeah. that, that had that as his position for a while. And uh, I remember when they drafted Jordan Gross, the collective groans from the Panther fan base, like, ah, oh, what are we doing getting offensive linemen in the first round? Well, it it locked that position down for a decade. And Jordan Gross is probably the best offensive lineman in Panther history. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, uh, I'm okay, I need time. I need time to come around on Kenny Pickett. I know he, he played great this year, Heisman candidate, uh, ACC champion. The hands worry me. I, it's I, the little I hands, man. I usually don't care about measurements, but that one's kind of. I've never heard of a quarterback wearing double gloves like that. That does that just doesn't sit with me. Like now, maybe he can get over it. You know, like I had I had qualms about guys like Kyler Murray for their size, and you know uh, Baker Mayfield or whatnot. Kyler's kind of proven uh, that you know that doesn't matter, and that's another. Maybe they'll be he'll be on the list next week, uh, Kyler Murray, because maybe there's some issues going on with him in Arizona uh, that we didn't get to uh, here this week. But so you said Charles Cross, correct for your pick for this week? Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. He's Without a doubt, I think the best pure pass protector in this class. Again, like I said, with him coming from that offense, there is some concern about how well he can block in the run game. But at left tackle, you're really kind of paying the guy to pass protect. So I think I think that's that's kind of the direction that they would go right now, especially if one of those quarterbacks that they likes off the board. There you have it. That's uh. The end of this week's episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Again, follow Skylar Callahan on Twitter at Callahan underscore to get the latest from Carolina Panthers news in the offseason and the Charlotte Hornets. They'll be back in action, I believe, this Friday. I believe is when the season restarts from uh, from All-Star break. You can follow me on Twitter at Tobacco Radio or at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505 to get the latest in news and notes from the triad of North Carolina and points beyond. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Panther fans, keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.